from talkradio.nyc. Welcome to At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, professional interior designer and owner of David Thiergartner Interiors right here in Manhattan. Hey, on tonight's show, everywhere we look, we're going to talk and discuss design with design and design thinking and the appreciation for the design around us with this amazing duo, graphic designers Hobson Tellis and Stephen Redford from AG2 Digital. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Design is everywhere. It's everywhere you look. And from the moment we wake up, design is a part of our daily life. From the mattress we sleep on, to the sheets we wrap ourselves up in, to the very first thing we reach out for, you know what I'm talking about, our iPhones. Isn't it so lovely how it fits so neatly in our hand? The iPhone, one of the most crafted pieces of machinery in human history. Every aspect of it, the way it feels in our hand, the way we touch the screen, the simplicity of its action. You know, it took, what, hundreds of thousands of design hours, and it still takes hundreds of thousands of design hours to create, to make, to hold the most incredible piece of human ingenuity in our hands. Design. How we perceive it, how we touch it, how we understand it, how it affects our subconscious and our hearts is the art of human imagination. Hopefully what this show is about or what it inspires to be is that we pay attention, we see, we notice all of the amazing design around us. Design is intentional. It has a purpose and a meaning. It distinguishes us from our past. It speaks to us about our future. It drives us, pushes us, and it allows us to be exactly who we are. Human beings filled with energy, creativity, and exploration. So I was thinking that we should practice, we should practice design mindfulness and why don't we start this week or why don't we start right now let's begin to surprise ourselves by what's around us you know for me I tend to notice the things I don't like or things that don't function well you know what I hate so much I hate that white plastic sip lid on my coffee cup You know, it leaks and it squirts out, and it usually does that on my white pants or a brand new shirt. I also hate polished chrome and glass 1970s contemporary Italian furniture. I have never, ever seen it used well, and I never, ever will. Oh, and let me tell you, I'll include myself in this list. I have designed an ottoman and a couple sofas that should definitely end up in the waste bin of design history. So why don't we do it the other way? Let's focus on things that are designed well. For instance, the Amazon website, a beautiful garden, the lobby of Rockefeller Center, the color of your neighbor's front door. That restaurant you had the most amazing time in last night. 
And what about that light fixture over your kitchen island? So let's start. Let's start noticing and appreciating. Oh, and let's tell your friends and tell your partner about when you think that something's beautiful or, or you know, did you notice that? Did you see how incredible that was? So let's make appreciation for design, appreciation for beauty, something that we comment on or we notice a part of our everyday. I remember once uh, I was um, at a flea market or, I don't know, an antique fair, um, and I was early. I don't even think it had opened yet, but that never really had stopped me. So I was kind of buzzing about, even though I wasn't supposed to be there, darting here and there and everywhere, my eyes leading the way, seeing something in the distance or looking deep inside of a pile as I snatched up this item or I grabbed that and I ultimately made it to the counter and the dealer asked if I was indeed an interior designer. And of course, you know me, I was like, oh, she's gonna comment how wonderful my weekend attire was. But what she basically said was, interior designers are like leopards. You guys can see things from far away. You focus all of your attention on it, you grab it, you take it, you comprehend what it is and what it was used for in just seconds. She went on to say that she loves to watch an interior designer hunt. Pretty fun stuff. When I was a kid, we didn't have design classes. We barely had art classes, but certainly nothing even comparable to prepare me for my future or what I do today. There's a new trend out there, hopefully a new movement in education, using the term designers call design thinking. It puts into the classroom a useful set of tools for problem solving and integrative thinking. To build buildings, as it were, but not like in shop class when we built a birdhouse or a table for our moms, but actually build things in order to think about complicated ideas, how to ask the right question, and design through action. It helps bring a fresh perspective to the young creative capital we so desperately need. We need it in order to solve things like global warming, clean water for all, better education, security and a better government, better housing and ultimately better lives for everybody. If we all start thinking as designers, if we teach our children to solve problems like designers, then we can all participate in designing a better, healthier planet, better lives and better homes for all of us to live in. When we come back, we're gonna talk with graphic designers Hobson Tillis and Stephen Redford from AG2 Digital. This is At Home, stay with us. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your digital, digital connectors. connectors. Woo-hoo! What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
we're back. Let me introduce my guest, graphic designers Hobson Tellis and Stephen Redford from AG2 Digital. Guys, I am so happy to have you here tonight. I'd like to start every show with the same couple of questions, so indulge me with this, will you? What is your meaning of beauty? And more specifically, what is beautiful in your homes? Hey, Hobson, why don't you start? Hey, David, how are you? I'm good. Hey, so thank happy you. you're here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you. Uh, what is beauty to me? Um, I am a man of symmetry. Beauty to me is nothing else but symmetry. If you look at nature, nature is symmetrical. And when I look at beauty, I try to look at everything that's symmetrical. If you look at a beautiful design, it will have symmetry. Uh, so beauty to me is nothing else but the balance of things, uh, the right use of colors, the right use of texture, uh, how you look at something and it speaks to you. That's to me, that to me is beauty. beauty. Well, that's a, that is mm-hmm. an amazing answer. I mean, if you think about uh, that response, mm-hmm. it goes back to classical architecture. Uh, we learned so much about symmetry from uh, you know, the early days of the Greeks and the Romans exactly. and stuff. So it's, I think it's always interesting that that still lives within mm-hmm. us, and that's a part of who we are. Exactly. Um, and then what's beautiful in your home? Oh, gosh. Uh, I have a very minimalist home. I have very little furniture, um, and um, I am an admirer of mid-century furniture. So my house is filled with mid-century furniture and beautiful artwork. It's a very, very small apartment in New York, like we all do live in. Uh, but when you come in, you have that sense that you are in a well-placed, well-designed place. Um, beautiful piece of furniture, very minimalist, and as I mentioned to you before, very well-placed symmetrically into the space. Excellent. Stephen, what about you? Well, I grew up in the South. Oh, my and God. And my mother collected antiques. And they were dark antiques, very Victorian. So for me, beauty and something different for me is light. I love big windows that allow light. And I love that so many new apartment buildings in the city are creating huge windows with lots of light. Right now, I don't have light. I have a, a, par- a small apartment with small windows. So my goal is to have an apartment with light. Beautiful. You know, we call that antique furniture um, in the trade brown furniture. It is brown. It's, it's dark brown. <laughs> we, call it, we call it brown furniture. And yes, it, uh, it is of older days. So what do you have in your apartment that speaks to you that's beautiful does it come from your family where, where what's no beautiful? it's my desk my desk is this beautiful is white and it's a complete um antithesis to what i grew up with it's modern and it's white and it has light wood and it's all about light nice beautiful thanks guys listen let's get right into the nitty-gritty of everything i am so fascinated by you guys and how you see the world I mean, I see everything in terms of scale and proportion, color and texture. How do you guys see what's around you? Do you see it in fonts and graphic images and two dimensions? So can you just give me a sense of how you perceive the world? Um, well, David, if you, you know, the same way you look at interior design, I look at graphic design. Um, we are surrounded by graphic design. You know, you wake up in the morning and what do you do? You get a box of cereal, you know, right there and then. That is graphic design for you. Someone had to thought very thoroughly what to design in that cereal box. And then you work out, you know, all the signs that are going to guide you to work. Someone had to design those signs. And then you get to New York City, for instance. If you work in Midtown, Midtown is nothing else but graphic design. All the signs, everything that you see. So, you know, it is everywhere. Everywhere that you go, graphic design is. Well, the question was, how do I see things three-dimensionally? 
I, I thought that perhaps maybe you guys saw things two-dimensionally. I don't mean to, you know... Mm, but we don't. You don't? You know? okay. No, we don't. We see things three-dimensional as well. But when it comes to work, we have to make it two-dimensional. So it can be, you know, it can communicate what we wanted to communicate. So you're still interpreting the world as maybe we all would, or certainly, you know, my sense of how I interpret the world. But you are applying that three-dimensional world into your art form, your business, your work as a two-dimensional art form. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Steven? Oh, my God. I think I'm hypnotized by Google. I see everything in terms of how I can help my company, my clients, anyone around me. How can we be more... Uh, um, thought of in terms of Google or Apple, modern design in terms of selling things. I want to talk about uh, the explosion of design over the past 20 years. Uh, we mentioned it a little bit in preparation for the show, but I, um, I got another question for you just before we get to that. You said to me, Hobson, in preparation for the show, that graphic design, graphic art is a very broad subject. Would you and, and all of us give us a brief overview of just graphic design, the, the profession of graphic design, but more, specific, more specifically what you, guys, what you guys do? Well, we basically do branding. You know, if you have a new company, um, you come to us, we are going to talk to you, find out if you are selling a product or a service, uh, understand your company, understand your goal, and from that, we are going to be designing a logo that's going to speak to that specific market that you are trying to target. From that, we are going to be designing a website with relevant copy and images, and then from that, we are going to design all your collateral material, your social media, and therefore, and everything has to be cohesive. That's what we call branding. So that's basically what we do. We are we are going to help you to identify what your target audience is through creative and trying to sell that to the public. That's our, our ultimate goal: is to make you a selling tool outside, like we did for you, David Tiergarten. Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> so we're going to talk about that too. My brand, my new logo, which is about three years old at this point, after I don't know twenty some odd years of the old one, um, but. I'm interested in just your thought then because it's, it's so similar to me and, and so much of this show is talking about design and the parallels that we all have, but I have that same arc, right? I have the same arc that you just mentioned. In other words, I start here, we proceed, we go forward, we take on new and different parts of the house as we go forward, but we're also cohesive and and how we do that and then we end up with the final product in my case a home in your case a fully realized brand exactly yeah exactly it's fascinating how design can parallel itself on so many different levels i think i want to step back a little bit and just take a brief moment and discuss some of the iconic graphic logo designs you know, we put some on Instagram so everybody could see them, but it, it probably is not necessary because it's things like the, uh, the, the Nike logo and Campbell Soup and all that. But can you help us uh, understand a little bit better why those images are so powerful to, to us as individuals, but to the society and the culture at hand? Well, yes, of course. A logo is an identity. You know, a logo is going to speak to you, is going to speak to everyone that's looking at. A logo has to be simple, it has to have the message come across, and most of all, it has to be memorable. If you look at the Apple logo, it doesn't matter where you are, there is nothing written on it. It's just an image of an Apple, and you know exactly what it is. The same thing goes to the Nike logo. It's a switch. It's just like a wish. And... It is anywhere that you see that logo across the world, you are going to remember that logo. So when you are designing a logo, you have to remember it has to be simple, it has to be understandable by everybody, and it has to be something that it is simple and straight to the point. You know, about the, sorry, Stephen, but about the Nike logo, because I've always been fascinated by the Nike logo. Like, 
I wasn't in the corporate headquarters deciding on what that logo was, but wow, that was like such a chance, wasn't it? I mean, it's it's a check mark at some point when it first started. It was like, oh, a check mark. At the same time, you saw the foot as as the brand became real and you started to understand what the brand was. You saw the foot lift off the exactly. ground. Exactly. So it just such it seemed like always such a brave 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 way to logo yourself when people still still didn't know what your logo was and also it could be something that you relate to a task done when you accomplish something what do you do you check it so right? it has multiple meanings it's, it has multiple meanings and do you think that's one of the reasons why successful logos are so powerful is it's, that they mean more than one thing they have to connect with people in some level they have to connect with people on some level. It's the same thing with interior designs. I mean, I think that a successful interior, de interior design job is when there's multiple layers of, of not just furnishings, but family history and, and the character and the layers that add to the individual home. And, and you don't always notice it immediately probably a lot like the Nike logo you you it kind of evolves right it kind of evolves, and it, exactly. you kind of understand it differently at this point of your life versus that point of your life so that's really really fascinating and I was just going to broaden the whole concept of logos and iconography um, every religion has its own icons and its own logos and it's how they identify themselves and every movement if you look at Bauhaus in the 1930s they had their own logo their own font their own typography and if you look at something from Bauhaus you know it's 1930s Germany so it's very specific yeah very fascinating you know what I, I this is kind of a silly story um, about logos and about branding but um, I moved to New York when I was younger, and um, I had my own little studio apartment on Bleecker Street in the heart of the village. And I got here, and a bunch of my friends immediately took me away, and we had a you know, celebration dinner, and all of a sudden they all went to their own <laughs> apartments, and I had to walk up you know, my three flights to my teeny little studio that had the bathroom in the hallway. And that was my first moment in <laughs> New York. And uh, I was a little scared, have to tell you. And I turned the TV on. It was one of those little, like, eight-inch, nine-inch box TV sitting on some, like, I don't know, milk crate box. And what was it? It was the NBC Peacock. Yeah. And it's exactly the same NBC Peacock that was in L.A., where I came from, and all of a sudden, because I saw that same image, you know, I felt safe, and I felt secure, and exactly. I felt like I was a part of something that made me feel like I could go on and create my future. So they are powerful. They are they? very powerful. They are very, and very meaningful as well. So, I mean, I just, uh, when you start to notice them, um, when you start to pay attention to the design around us, the white line in the middle of the street is mm -hmm. designed and thought out. And there's a measurement about how wide it is and how many inches away from the curve. There is a reason for everything. My NBC moment was the MTV the different variations of a logo and how many times they would recreate MTV, but it was still MTV. Right. Isn't that interesting, yeah. too? Yeah, so that's, that's true. That's really the same sort of thing. I think that great design, I think basically what the three of us has said tonight doesn't overwhelm us, right? No, no. It, no. it, it, takes, it doesn't take center stage. It almost participates with participates with us and it becomes a part of us and I think that would be true for what I do and for what you guys do as graphic designers so let's take one step back again I'm going backwards in our in our order why graphic design how did that fit into your life well where, where did you stumble upon oh this? my god <laughs> let, let me tell you this I grew up in a, a, a family of five siblings, I was the sixth one, and lots of cousins. And I remember from a very, very young age, I was the one who used to come up with the concept of the birthday parties. That, that's how it started. I used to sit 
with my mother and my aunt and say, what are we going to do for a so-and-so oh. birthday party? Oh my God. And then it was a holiday coming up. Wow, why don't we do this? In and Brazil. I used to, in Brazil, obviously. <laughs> and we used to do soccer themes. We used to do carnival themes. And I was the one who used to draw everything, draw the invitations, and uh, have the party ready from when everyone arrived. And I was extremely good at it. And people used to come and ask, who did all this? And there I was. I was 11 years old, holding, you know, this, this huge party under my arm. And that's how it started. It just came to me so easily and so effortless that uh, when I was trying to find myself in life, I said, I'm going to do what I know how to do best. And it just fall into place. Did you ever worry that it was something that you enjoyed or that it was a hobby or, or that you didn't want to take the joy out of it by modernizing it or making it your work? Um, you know what? I never thought that way. I just knew that I could not do anything else. Mm -hmm. I could not go into finance. I could not go into the, uh, you know, I could not be a doctor, I could not be a lawyer, I could only be an artist, I could only be a designer. And that's what I did. Fantastic. Yeah. Steven? Well, mine is not as innocent as birthday parties. <laughs> I, um, I actually just really admire the commercialism of it and how every company and every corporation needs these visual apparatus to sell products and I find it fascinating. You see, he's an American boy. I'm a Brazilian <laughs> boy. That's the difference. That's the big difference. <laughs> every, every sports team, every everyone has a logo and then you have to have it. Fantastic. We are talking to graphic designers Hobson Tellis and Stephen Redford from AG2 Digital. This is At Home and I'm David Thiergartner. When we come back we're going to talk about my logo. <laughs> You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Welcome back. We are talking to the dynamic graphic design duo Hobson Tellis and Stephen Redford from AG2 Digital. Um, you know, I said last week that I was my own worst client. Hopefully you guys didn't think that about me. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about 
um, my logo design, my branding. But first, um, you came up, I believe you came up with four different designs. And one of the challenges was that I truly loved all of them, right? And to select the ultimate design was very, very difficult for me. Now, I will say to you in advance of this question, everybody in my sphere, all of my workmates, all of my friends, most of my family, including my mother, loved the design that I ultimately selected. Um, what did you see? I guess my question is, because I'm, I'm really kind of fascinated by this, what did you see in me that I didn't see in myself? Oh, well... So you, you came to us um, asking for a new vision to your business. You wanted to go a step further. Uh, you were in a business before uh, for a few years, and you want to change the way you looked. You want to have a new audience. And um, from what you had before and what we created was a leap. Let me what? just jump in real quick, because my old logo was a very traditional, scripted, like handwritten exactly. logo. Exactly. So the new logo's on Instagram, by the way, for everybody to look at. So exactly. And I wanted to design something that was going to speak to the new, the new people that are out there that are needing interior designers, a new generation of people out there. And, uh, you know, the logo that you had before, uh, I don't know when it was designed, but... 20 years ago. Exactly. But when we design logos today, we have to think not only about collateral material, but there is a huge set of things out there that you have to consider. Social media came to play a big role on logo design. So when we design a logo, we don't not only design a logo to be printed, we design a lot for a website, for all the social media platform, and anything that you need out there. So we wanted to design a very strong logo, a logo that speaks to you and to your audience, and that's the choice that we went with. I would say that my logo is exactly that. It's bold, it's colorful, it's strong, it's symmetrical, symmetrical. it's modern. And it's modern. Exactly. And it is memorable. Once you look at your logo, you will not forget. You know, it has the DT. It is a very symmetrical shape. The D and the T are intertwined into a square. And it has the goldish and the blue, lo the blue color that are just stunning to look at it. Once you look at that, it's hard to not remember your logo. You reminded me that we stumbled upon the blue color. Um, exactly. I had because I had given you a different color palette. That's for the right. Logo. You yeah. you chose different colors. Yes, and uh, you mentioned that you have this this thing for the blue color. Uh, and even you showed me a picture of yourself in a blue suit. That's right. Exactly. And, um, you know, we looked at that image and we would draw the color from it. And that's how we came out with the color palette, not only for your logo, but for your website and all your collateral material. Because that's what we do. When we design the logo, the logo is the first step on the rebranding. From that, we would draw all the elements for the rest of your material. So... Stephen, you said earlier that maybe perhaps you wish that I would have selected something else. I saw two um, layouts for your website, and I there was one that created this image of you of your website. Actually, someone who walked into a room of a project that you did, and you didn't chose that one. You chose a cleaner look, a white background with your logo, and I think. You made the right decision. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> Though in, in telling that story or reminding me, now I wish I would yeah. have done the other thing. <laughs> I said that I was my own worst client. I think I am because I fretted. I, I don't think that you guys knew that, but I fretted over it. And you took me 180, easy 180 to where I was, how I perceived myself, how I perceived my business, how I thought I was going to move forward. And you went boom, flip. 
And I have to tell you, it is uh, remarkable the amount of comments that I get on it, uh, how people respond to it, um, and how I how it makes me feel when when I pass out my card. But let me remind you of something: when we do create uh, uh, work with creative people, the end results are much much better. It is a collaboration. Um, I don't know, I'm sure you had the chance to work with creative people. They are very difficult to work with, but they know exactly what they want and where they wanted to go from that point. So the end results with creative people usually are much, much stronger than if I were working with someone who is not in a creative field because they don't know as much and they rely on us 100%. So. When you work with the creative people, you have back and forth. We have feedback. And that's what happened to you. You had a lot of input in that logo to the end of results of it. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's a, the beginning of the show really is that, and thank you for even saying that, but it's this participation that we all should start to have in design. Exactly. We, we all are party to it now, right? And design is what will take us forward. And so if, if, if I or if you can teach us how to do that together, collaboratively, we will all live a much better life. And what people do not realize is that even if you are not aware of the beauty of design, when you walk into a place that it is well-designed, you feel it. You feel welcome. You feel comfortable. You feel embraced by that environment. The colors that one used is going to tell a lot. It's going to calm you down. It's going to make you feel happy. The furniture that I sit in is going to make you comfortable. It, it's going to make you at home. The same thing is with design. When you look at website, if you look at a beautiful image and beautiful copy, you are going to be engaged and you are going to click on the next page. But if you go to a website and you see a logo that is screaming at you, image that do not relate to the product, and copy that doesn't say much, you are most likely to leave that site immediately. And whatever you're trying to accomplish with that is going to be gone. So is it, is it typical to design as many different scenarios or different images as you did for me? Yes. Oh, it is. Um, it is. And I think you want to give someone three or four options, logos, but they are all very similar. They're not all, you're not giving one Art Nouveau and one Art Deco and one, you know, you're giving someone along the same palette um, because you know the taste, you know the, the company. You're not going to go off in different directions, but giving someone at least three or four options is, is a smart way to go. It's a smart way to go. Yeah, you have to know who you are. Uh, if you are selling a product, if you are selling a service, we do a lot of search and what you are trying to sell. Or soul searching, really, exactly. if you're trying to yeah. figure out who the business is and what the client is. Exactly. Right? And what exactly. their goals are. Interesting, because I think it's very, again, very, very par parallel. We're kind of starting to run out of time, so I'm just going to say that we have a parallel project, which is Garland City Beer Works up in upstate New York, and um, I'm doing the design of this incredible uh, new um, brewery, and you guys set up the, the, the branding and the logo and, and all of that. I do know in their instance you went through... <laughs> A lot of different uh, ideas, um, but we ultimately ended up with sort of the most edited version of that, correct? Exactly. You know, I usually give three, four choices of a logo when I'm designing a branding project to the client and let them look at it, take the time, digest and come back to us. In this instance, we were working with people from you know, uptown. They had a different vision. It was a collaboration. The logo ended up to be beautiful. I want to say upstate, not uptown. 
<laughs> exactly. On stage. On stage. Thank you. Same it's thing. different. It's, no, it's it, different. It's different. Um, a little bit. Yeah. So we designed a very avant-garde logo to them, and, and it ended up being a collaboration between them and us, and it turned out to be a fantastic logo because we brought everything that they wanted at the end. It's a fantastic logo. It's going to be an incredibly fantastic place. It's Garland City Beer Works. Just a little call out to them. I, I, I'm just going to go back one step more because I'm so fascinated by this and having you guys here with me tonight. But again, so I design three-dimensional spaces. Your work is, and my work is so much about scale and proportion, but your work ultimately is flat, two-dimensional. And is there ever a fear that it becomes static or that it doesn't live beyond the page or the screen? So for instance, and I put them on Instagram, a painting of Jackson Pollock, a painting of um, Mark Rothko because they're so different, right? Pollock jumps off of this, off of the canvas, right? He's full of energy and tension, and then Rothko sits there kind of quietly. And how do you balance out that sense of energy? How do you make sure that your image is gonna grab the right amount of attention and that the right that people are going to understand it and perceive it for a long period of time. Like, how is how do you make sure that that happens? Well, that's a very interesting question because it all depends on what we are trying to portray with the logo. You know, some logos are timeless. We have the IBM logo that has been in place for how many years now? Um, and we have logos that have to evolve as the company grows as well. So. You know, to answer your question, um, we don't have a answer to that because things vary so much. So, I mean, basically, like me, you just provide the best product you can for the best reasons and the best thought and the necessity at the time. Exactly. And how big the product is, how long it's going to last, and, you know, what, what the ter terms go is that of that company. And inspiration never is, is – there's no um, – lack of inspiration every day I see new art every day I see new architecture that inspires me every day I see new Pinterest just, the, just simply going on Pinterest I get inspired by what's new in the art world and I'm constantly thinking about it and that drives your brand that drives exactly. your work and, and what you exactly. design you guys Stephen uh, Hobson I can't thank you enough um, everybody take a look at their website ag2digital.com you guys are on instagram at ag2digitalnyc and twitter at redford underscore is that nyc right? underscore nyc still having struggles with the underscore <laughs> hey listen uh can you stick around with me and we're going to take some questions from the audience sure can you, can you help me answer those of exactly. course terrific we'll be back in two minutes you're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com 
back. Guys, thanks for staying. Do you want to try and answer some of these questions with me? Sure. Oh. All right. So here we go. They can be very difficult sometimes. <laughs> Is there anything in common between interior design and graphic design? Oh, most definitely. I believe the principle of designs are the same. You know, we always start colors mm. and the effect of colors having people. Um, colors are extremely important. And then symmetry and lines and how things fit into each other. They, they all have the same principle. Interior design, graphic design, any kind of design that you do. If you do not have the basics, you will not succeed. Yeah. And the end result of both is to inspire confidence and happiness. That's why I think they are similar. Wow. That, that was profound. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> I was going to say um, something more basic. <laughs> but now I'm Top gonna, that, David. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm a little taken back. My answer is boring. I was going to say... <laughs> Layout um, <laughs> equals floor plan. So, I mean, layout exactly. and floor plans, right? I, you, you, you can't go very far unless the house is flowing correctly yeah. and is, you know, the room size are proportionate to each other. And, you know, uh, so layout is absolutely crucial. Layout's crucial in gardens, you know. So um, the preparation... Um, exactly. The, the programming, that's all, that's all the same, yeah, right? And, and when it comes to us is image... Had, subhad, and copy, body copy. It's, it's, it's all a matter of hierarchy where things go first, where things are expected to be looked at first. Oh my God, and that is interior design. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that a good uh, interior designer or a good interior design is that you are told upon walking into the home, the apartment, the house, where you're supposed to look. Exactly. And that, and then you, <laughs> then you step forward and then you're told again that you're supposed to look over here. So that's very fascinating. I wouldn't have even thought of those parallels, and that's great. Through design, we have to guide people. That's what the but back know. to my answer. If I hire either of you, if I hire you as an interior designer, you better make me happy in my environment. And as a graphic designer, you better help me sell products. That's the ultra, That's the bottom line, and that's what we do. Terrific. Well, um, I think we can all understand that, and I think each one of our clients would appreciate appreciate that. So let's look at another one. Oh, this is cool. What colors are most effective in graphic design, and would that be true for interior design as well? That's mm, a good question. That's a very good question. Is, are there colors that you guys think are necessary uh, just because of attraction? Is that possible? Well, it all it goes back to who the client is. If you are designing something related to finance I bet you it's going to be very difficult to see something done with the red color because red means negative red means right? warning red means stop. stop stop yeah right so finance companies banks they no, don't use they, red if you, yeah. you want to do bank, trusting you look, colors yeah you, you look at blues you look at greens they are like trustworthy colors fascinating right if you are dealing with food it's the same thing. It all the colors speak to people in a different level. You don't even know that you are being talking to when you look at a color. You know, most hospitals they are light green and white because they are calming. You look at the color and it calms you down. It relates to the graphic design as well. You yeah, know, purple I, hospital wouldn't work. Exactly. In a red <laughs> hospital would be a living nightmare. So, you know, it, the color brings you to a different level of consciousness. And, and that's what we do with color. Color has to be thought out very carefully. Uh, when I meet with a client, uh, first of all, I want to know what they are favorite colors are because sometimes the color of the client and the color of their business are completely different and that's a, something that I have to establish right at the beginning you know you may like this but this is not what you are going to end up with because your product is not what is going to be asking for so Excellent. I, don't, I don't know if this related to 
interior design, but at some level, I think it does. Well, I think it's similar, only from the standpoint that I think we can all, we all have colors that we appreciate. We all have colors that are meaningful to us for a lot of reasons. We have generational colors, um, but more specifically, we have colors that we like. Um, I've done hundreds and hundreds of homes. I would say my top color over and over again, not by me, but by my clients, is some shade of blue. Some shade yeah. of blue. Some shade of blue. And, and uh, it's the only consistent color that I would tell you about. And I tell you, I adore primary colors. I like bright colors. I, I grew up in the tropics, and when I was in college, um, one of my teachers, we used to put all our, our artwork on a wall to be criticized by the students. We used to crit- criticize our own project. And she said that my projects were, she could tell them even before I put on a wall because the bright colors that I, that I used to use. I grew up in the tropics. I was unaware of subdued colors like grays, like fall colors, winter colors. I didn't have that on you know my color palette and i still do have that tendency to use very bright colors but sometimes they do not apply so you're the brazilian gauguin is that I, what you're exactly saying? pretty much yes yes and you know what design is it, it comes from within on um, well that's i you know it, it wasn't something that we were going to talk about but i'm fascinated that that you are attracted to bold and bright and clear because i tend not to be i like heathered colors I like colors that are um, have a lot of pigment, a lot of different color pigments into them to make it up. So sometimes we say, easily we say, oh, add some brown into it. But brown is just about depth. It doesn't mean that you would perceive exactly. the brown. But we like the richness or the depth of the color. I like, I like to, I'm going to say participate, but uh, I like to be a part of the color and not have the color come to me um, and so that's interesting it's that very interesting and that is a big difference between I mean that could be our biggest difference between a graphic designer and an interior designer it could be yeah. or not uh, but you know if you look at your logo it has a little bit of me and a little bit of you it does. and that's yeah. what we do yeah. we bring our creative just together I'm a punk rocker from the 80s it was all about black <laughs> and some maybe some blue. <laughs> I think black is one of the most beautiful colors in the world. Yeah, I, I mean, use I black just... a lot. Um, not so much in projects. Honestly, I don't know that I've ever used black as a dominant color in a project. But in my house, black is a predominant color. Um, and I'm getting ready to explore that even more. So that's interesting that you like black. I think black is incredible. Yeah. Um, okay, wait. We have so many more, and they're coming in at rapid fire. Uh, what does it mean, or how does it affect a company um, to have a good brand, a good logo, or a good design? Everything. It's everything, right? Everything. 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 It's trust. It's reliability. It's, it's, I don't know. It's Google preferred. I don't know. That is, it's how they make money. But it is an interesting thing, and this show is going to talk about with some other design professionals as we go forward, um, how important professionals are, right? How would you entrust your new company, let's say your new brand, to maybe just because you could pull a font off of the internet? Right, I mean, it's so crucial, it's so important that you would want the experience and the knowledge and the expertise that a professional graphic design team like you guys would, could, and do make for the company. Exactly, and we see that across the board. Um, because if you, do not, if you do not have a good brandy identity, you don't have anything. Real quick, because we're running out of time. This is a little bit maybe my question too, and I didn't get to it before, but I'm going to kind of combine a couple questions here how do you see your homes as graphic designers oh if you you know i had several people walk into my home and the first thing they say is you are an art field aren't you and i say yes i'm a designer because i think your home reflects who you are terrific and for me minimalist contemporary and full of light that's all about fellas i can't thank you enough thank you both so much 
take a look at their work at ag2digital.com. I want to thank Sam Leibovitz and everybody here at Talk Radio NYC. I always have to thank my office because I'm afraid to walk in the next day. Schoolhouse Productions number six. I couldn't do it without you, and I wouldn't even want to try. Benjamin Keegan for my theme music. I love it, Ben. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at home with DTI. And also take a look at my website designed by these two amazing men, DavidTheorgardnerInteriors.com. That's I before E, Interiors.com. Stay tuned for the Noreen Sumter Show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way. And until next week on the radio, remember, the best designs for your life start at home. Pencils or pastels or pixels, picture perfect or printed and put in public to paint a pathway to purpose. An art that asks questions and makes you quietly quiver, quenches a thirst for quality, quick to change any quitter. The repetition of revisions can build reputation and run in more of a risk for release with less reservations. The sketches on a storyboard, the sounds in a scene, silhouettes, shapes, and shades that astound as we stream. The tedious task to get the tint of the tone, to talk to make the mind travel on a trip to the throne. The top upwards, upload an unusual undertaking a universe more unique as it urges the unawakened with vast visuals or vectors violently vibrant that fill a void or a vacancy till the view has been widened now the whole world's watching what weirdness becomes worth where winners are never wanting they're with it and want to work an excessive x-rays can expose the x-factor from the generations x y to z the next chapters the youth yearning to produce reaching for that yellow song yawning at these yes men are yelling out for what's yet to come creative zones with the zealous are rarely snoozing as strong as Zeus but to see him zipper zap you gotta zoom in you gotta zoom in you gotta zoom in, you gotta zoom in, God. A is for the artist, the artist is luminous, and it's not about the image at all, it's what you do with it. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network.